Damn. I don't know if I remember how to do this, but we'll, uh, we'll get back on board with this one. Good morning. Good afternoon and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, it is I, your friendly neighborhood moviegoer, John L., and I'm back at it again, and I am here to talk to you guys about movies. Yes, yes, I have returned, folks. And, um, it is the final day of the New York Film Festival, and I caught two screenings, actually. Um, one at the beginning of the festival, and now one here on the final day of the festival, which is October 15th. Uh, the screening that I, that I, um, that I went to go see today was the screening of Ferrari, the new Michael Mann-directed, uh, biopic film about Enzo Ferrari, a uh, car maker extraordinaire of sports cars out in Italy, uh, starring Adam Driver and uh, Penelope Ann Cruz, if I'm not mistaken. Um, to give you guys the background here as to what the movie is about, uh, the movie in for the synopsis dictates the following. Ferrari is set during the summer of 1957 behind the spectacle and danger of 1950s Formula One. Ex-racer Enzo Ferrari is in crisis. Bankruptcy stalks the company he and his wife Laura built from nothing 10 years earlier. Their tempestuous marriage struggles with the mourning for their one son. Ferrari struggles with the acknowledgement of another. His driver's lust to win pushes them out to the edge. He wagers all in a roll of the dice on one race, the treacherous 1,000-mile race across Italy, the iconic Milimilia. So, with this film, just to give you guys a sense of uh, one to, intro to, to reintroduce you to as to what is it that, or the reason as to why I'm doing what I'm doing, um, the Friendly Neighborhood moviegoer part is exactly that. I live in New York. I go from one movie theater to the next in different neighborhoods around the city. And I view movies and try to experience them from whatever viewpoint it is. Um, this time around, I didn't go to a local AMC or an Alamo Draft House because it was a part of the New York Film Festival. Um, and the New York Film Festival is uh, basically in tandem uh, with the, uh, the Lincoln Theater, Lincoln Square organization. And things of that nature, Lincoln, Lincoln film and all that stuff. Um, this particular movie was viewed at the Walter Reed Theater. Uh, first time for me to ever view a movie there. Um, tight seating, to say the least. Uh, but the screen that we watched the movie on was... Man, to say the least, it was really, really good. The sound system was really, really good as well. Um, it was just more of a... Of a of a very tight seating. I'm, I'm, I'm a wise shoulder dude, so at the end of the day, I was touching shoulders with, with folks next to me because I went by myself, and the seats were very narrow. So it just, it had to, it had the feel of an older theater due to that, um, and that was about it. But like I said, the sound system was strong, and the screen was incredible. On to the movie, though. So it's been a while since I had seen or been subject to a Michael Mann film. I think the last Michael Mann film I ever watched was that uh, 2006 version of Miami Vice they shot. Um, but, all in all, to say, if you've been a fan of Michael Mann throughout his 
uh, directorial escapades, you'll know that he has a certain flavor and sensibility about how his movies are uh, directed, how they feel, how they how, how they look. Um, and this was a Michael Mann movie from the outset, uh, which is not a bad thing. Um, and for me, I came into the movie about 10 minutes late and I didn't, not to say that I didn't miss anything. Obviously I missed the first 10 minutes, but I got the gist of everything that was going on and the running narrative of the, of the movie itself wasn't so direct in a sense, but it was more of the, this is the biopic we're showing this layered uh, multifaceted uh, perspective of this man who is a legend in uh, not only across the world, but obviously having to do with motorsports and the car industry and things of that nature. But they're showing his the the the, the many layers of of who the man was, right? His family life, his private life, uh, how he how he treated uh, his family, the uh, the women that he. Um, had relations with that being his wife, uh, mistress, mistresses, um, uh, children, family, uh, co-workers, partners, all of that sort of stuff. And also in comparison to how he drove his business and what he was most interested in um, and what his ultimate goals were as the uh, as the head of Ferrari. And to say that Michael Mann did a tremendous job um, conjuring tension throughout this entire movie, I thought was very, very well done. Um, the other thing that I thought was very well done was the cinematography. I thought the movie was beautiful. I thought the sound, um, the sound engineering and how everything came out, the score was great. I thought the sound was incredible. Um, I felt really immersed in, in the film while watching it. Um, I thought it was very well acted as well, um, even though, you know, a lot of the time nowadays, um, folks will talk to you about uh, actors doing fake accents and things of that nature. But what do you I, I don't I, I think my my question would then become, what are you supposed to do? Right. They're supposed to be playing these. Enzo Ferrari is, a, is an Italian man. I don't I don't think Enzo Ferrari, Enzo Ferrari uh, knew any English. So they had to have this translative uh, way of doing things. So obviously not making these, not making these actors speak, uh, Italian directly, but having them have this sort of, you know, um, Italian flavor to it, they would have to do the accents and that's the way they did it. Uh, the movie was based off of a book written about Enzo Ferrari. So with all that being said, I thought that they did a pretty good job with the ensemble cast that they had. Everybody did their, their, did their jobs really, really well. Um, you know, if you liked Adam Driver and Hasaguchi, you're going to like him here <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, I thought he did a tremendous job in playing this very complex uh, character and uh, multi-layered man who, who seemed to be... he he. When it came to the relationships he had with his, with his, uh, with his wife and then his mistress and things of that nature, it was just complicated for him at the end of the day. Um, and then he also had the loss of a son during the World War. At that point in time, he had... He had an illegitimate son who he never uh, gave his name to with his mistress and things of that nature. And his 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 uh, his relationship with his mother wasn't necessarily the best. I guess he was just along for the ride. Um, and then the, the kind of life that he led and how he um, 
in how he operated with his uh, fellow co-workers and cohorts and then the racers and things of that nature and how he just wanted uh, to be the best at uh, sports car racing at that point in time. And still to this day, as a matter of fact, uh, the Ferrari name and brand is still out there uh, doing uh, what they have to do in order to be the elite name in sports in, in, in sports car racing and things of that nature. But even then, um, it's it just felt like he didn't have uh, any limits as to how far he would go to win. Um, even when he was uh, in financial straits and, and he was uh, investing more money into the cars than he was actually generating out of out of the production cars that he was making and things of that nature. It's like, I never really understood that, right? Even from a generalistic perspective outside of the movie, um, how in the F1 racing world or in the racing world in general, how Ferrari only makes about, I don't know, less than, less than 600, um, uh, factory cars a year. Uh, and, and that would be enough for them to be able to finance their, their, uh, their racing teams. Like that just the, financially speaking, I don't even know how they do that still. Um, even though those cars do now cost uh, a, a whole hell of a lot of money, but still to this day, the, those those racing seasons are long, and that money doesn't. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the details, but it just seems like that money shouldn't stretch so so far. But that that's that that's another part of conversation um, for another time. Um, I felt like just watching the movie the whole time. I thought it was it came off a bit more wittier and funnier than I thought it would be. Uh, just based on the based on the trailer that I had seen before, my interest in the movie, I thought it was going to be more of one of those uh, very serious and dramatic uh, Oppenheimer esque uh, kind of movies, and it was to a certain degree because because like I was saying before, a lot of the tension that was conjured and drawn up in this movie was uh, was very palpable. Um, but at the same time, just the wit the wit and the quick humor uh, that was used throughout the, uh, throughout the movie, which had a good effect because um, it kept certain it kept certain scenes light. Uh, which which was needed, I, I thought, in my in, in, in my point of view, uh, instead of it being as serious as it was, and then there were that, then there were events that did happen in real life, obviously, um, throughout the movie that just they were turns and or twists, you would say, and it was like man, like that's just tragic, or ooh, like did that just happen, type deal. Like I always find a movie to be a good movie if it made you feel while you're in the movie theater and you hear the reaction out of folks in the movie theater you don't like for me i i feel like folks uh don't react just to react you know what i'm saying if a, if a movie which is you know it's it's fictitious and it's in 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 its overall it's in its overall scope because it's made and people are acting and things of that nature so nothing's really happening to these folks but for the for for the art for the art of it to make you uh feel and encompass some sort of a some sort of an emotion while you're watching it, I think is is always um, the trigger for me. Like, oh, did this movie make me feel anything? Was it was it a sad movie? Did it make me feel sad? Was it a dramatic movie that I feel some sort of way towards the characters that are on screen? And I thought that uh, this movie really, really did did a good job of doing that. It made me feel the drama when the drama when the dramatic parts were taking place. It it made me laugh when the when 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 the when the more wittier and funnier parts were happening it made me feel the tension during the actual racing parts of the movie which i thought were amazing like lord v ferrari the movie itself that came out a couple of years ago um that i believe had matt damon and brad pitt in it and it could have been yeah i think it was matt damon and brad pitt um but even in that movie the racing in that movie was so realistic and so stylized and stuff like that in comparison to this movie 
like Michael Mann really got into the grit of the racing um, from that era, uh, which is hard to do in 2023. But I thought I thought he did a bang up job doing that um, as well. So, you know, is 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 it one of those movies that's gonna be like I like an iconic movie? Not necessarily, I don't think. Um, just going through what I usually go through, um, the Rotten Tomato scores and, and uh, uh, the cinema scores and stuff like that to see as to what people are thinking about the movie. It's mostly positive, um, but for, for all intents and purposes, I myself would recommend this movie. This gets a YFNMG stamp of approval um, for, for the sheer fact that it made me feel what it was supposed to. And I really did like the outcome of the movie, even though it was just based all within a calendar year of what was going on. It wasn't the entire life of Enzo Ferrari. It was just based off of what was going on in 1957. So um, I thought that the Michael Mann did a great job of being able to put that one year into uh, good context. Um, and like we, like even us human beings like to say, like a lot of things can happen within the calendar year. Like a lot of things could happen in two weeks, as a matter of fact. So to give us a perspective of this iconic figure, um, this iconic figure from, from, from history, uh, from that particular year's perspective, I thought was a really, really dope thing uh, to see on camera. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that is my take on it uh overall as to what i thought about it and, and how it and how it flowed i thought that the, that the movie really flowed well it had a good beginning it had a good middle it had a good end um you know there's a lot there's a lot more i think that can be explored with what was given to us in this movie i don't think this is going to be some sort of a franchise or anything like that i think this is going to be a one-off film but i think there can be more explored about the, the life and times of Enzo Ferrari and as to how uh, the Ferrari Motor Company uh, continued ahead in, 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 in the years um, that followed. So, you know, that, that being said, it was a very interesting and thought-provoking movie for me. Adam Driver did a bang-up job. Uh, Penelope Cruz did a bang-up job. Um, you know, they, they, I think the entire cast, even, even Patrick Dempsey with his Italian accent did a, did a decent job. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was, it was a real cool movie to see. I think that this movie should be, um, seen in a big screen format. Um, the screen that we saw it on at the Walter Reed theater was a, I would say it was like the, um, the equivalent to like a Dolby screen at an AMC. So that's why I was like, yo, this, like when I sat down, I was like, oh man, this screen's really, really big in comparison to like other theaters I've been in. And I was like, okay. And then the sound, like they really have the, they really have the setup at that Walter Reed theater, uh, very well done. So props to the folks over at, uh, Lincoln, uh, square and the Walter Reed theater for having that, that setup at the Walter Reed theater done up the way that they do. So. Uh, that added to the immersion of the movie. Um, the distributor of this movie is Neon. The runtime is about two hours and ten minutes. The movie is going to go wide on Christmas Day of this year, December 25th, 2023. Uh, so, folks, look out for that uh, when you can. Uh, to go and tell you about the Rotten Tomato score, as I usually do, as of right now, there are 40 critic reviews with a, at a 75%. So, it is currently fresh. There's no audience 
score as of yet. I did not write a review for this particular movie. Um, and I probably won't. But at the end of the day right now, it is standing at a 75%, which is a fresh. It's not necessarily at the higher end of the scale, but at the end of the day, it's not necessarily at the lower end of the scale either. So more people like it than not. Uh, so we'll keep it there for now. And uh, thank you for listening, folks. I appreciate you all for coming back to even listening to my musings and this recording. I will be back on a regular basis um, going forward. Uh, we're doing a little bit of a rebranding. Uh, you'll, you'll see it happening on the thumbnails via uh, whatever, um, <coughs> whatever channels and whatever services you use to listen to the podcast. So if it's YouTube, you'll see, you'll see it on the YouTube. If it's Spotify, uh, if it's, if it's Pandora, whatever you use, you'll be seeing the rebranding of John L., your free, your friendly neighborhood moviegoer, uh, going forward. Uh, so appreciate y'all for always listening. Appreciate y'all for always hanging in there with me. Uh, make sure you subscribe, follow the podcast, leave some comments, uh, for the sake of engagement and for the sake of discussion, if you haven't watched this movie, then obviously we'll revisit it once it comes out in December. I'll be checking the comment sections, uh, leave a review on, on the podcasting sites if you can. Thank you very much, and thank you, Cammy. Um, and I'll be back, folks. I'll be back soon. I'll be talking about some other movies that I watched in the month of October. Uh, coming up, I have uh, Killers of the Flower Moon next week. Um, I'm also watching, uh, let me read this off of the calendar. So, Killers of the Flower Moon next Monday, To Live and Die in L.A., the old uh, the, the movie from the 70s. I'll be watching that on the 26th. Uh, the Killer, which is the new David Fincher movie, I'll be watching that on the 27th. And The Holdovers, it'll be an early access screening for me. I'll be watching that on the 29th, and probably some other films in between. Uh, so, thank you again for listening. Subscribe. Comment down below. Leave 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 some positive feedback. And if you need to be some negative feedback, at least let's have some discourse about it. Don't be a dick. <laughs> All right. Anyways, folks, be good. Be well. And stay safe out there. Peace. See you next time.